everyone. My name is Will. I am one of the pastors here at New Line Press. And if you are joining us for the first time, thank you for worshiping with us. We are concluding our missions month where week by week we have the privilege of hearing from a leader of an organization to see how they are participating in what we call the Great Commission. And just as a quick reminder, um, we wanted to show the church how we can reach a wider people through a deeper partnership. And that's why previously we had Joel Kim, the president of West, Westminster, California, as we partner with Westminster to raise theologically future pastors and missionaries that will build up the church, but also uh, send out more missionaries. And then we looked with Chad Brewer, who was a international coordinator for RUF and our partnership that's growing with them because we recognize that investing into a younger generation is investing into a future generation. And today we get the privilege and no better person to share really about what missions is by uh, having Dr. Lloyd Kim, who is a friend, a pastor among pastors, a leader among leaders. Uh, he was a former EM pastor of this church here at New Life Press, but he currently serves as the coordinator of MTW, which is the missions agency of our denomination, the PCA. And so I'm excited for him to share about missions and what the Lord has been doing in our denomination and through him and his wonderful family. So with that said, can we put our hands together and offer a warm welcome for Lloyd Kim. Hello, good morning. I do want to give a heartfelt um, thanks to you for partnering with Mission to the World over so many years, partnering with our missionaries, loving them so well, praying for them, visiting them. It is no small task, and we give thanks to God for this beautiful partnership we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Equally, I am also grateful to be able to open up God's word with you, and so if you have your Bibles, could I invite you to turn to Acts chapter 1 as we read verses 1 through 8. And as you do, would, would you mind standing if you're able as we hear God's word read in our presence? Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, this is God's very own word. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, 
and to the end of the earth. This is the word of God. Please be seated. Father, we ask that you would guide our time of reflection on these words that have been read. I pray that you would help me, Father, speak the message you have prepared for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our family had the privilege of serving as missionaries in Cambodia, and when we first arrived there, I met many young Cambodians, and I would often ask these Cambodian non-Christians this question. I'd ask them, what are your dreams for your future? And almost to a person, they would answer the same way. They say, well, my dream is to have a good job, nice house, and a good family. And then I'd ask the same question to young Cambodian Christians. Do you know how they answered? Almost to a person, they said, well, my dream is to have a good job, a nice house, and a good family. You see, there was no difference in how they answered that question. Now, there's certainly nothing wrong with wanting a good house or a, a good job or a nice family, but the question before us this morning, is that all we could hope for, for our lives? You see, what I'm afraid of is that if we're not challenged, we will naturally gravitate toward what the world is selling us. What is the world selling us? It's the American dream. It's a comfortable life. Jesus today is challenging us to reimagine what our dreams are for our lives, for our future. And he presents to us this vision of the kingdom of God. And he invites us to join in his kingdom mission. And so today we're going to be confronted with some pretty important questions for our lives. And as we reflect on these questions, we're going to think first about Jesus' kingdom vision, second, his kingdom mission, and finally, his kingdom power. You ready? All right, so let's jump into this kingdom vision. So where do we begin as we think of this alternative view for our lives? We begin with an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. After his suffering and death, Jesus presented himself alive. That's what verse 3 says. Resurrection changed everything. And for 40 days, what did Jesus do? He, he met with his disciples. What did he talk to his disciples about for four, those 40 days? Verse 3 tells us he talked about the kingdom of God. You see, if all there is in life is this life, then it makes perfect sense to eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. But if the resurrection is real and true, everything has to change. It means that there is a life after this life. It means that there is a kingdom that will last forever. It means that our life here is just a blip when compared to what comes next. So why should we settle for the American dream? It's too small. It's temporary. Jesus presents to us a vision for life in the kingdom of God. He shows us what that life is going to be like. How? By showing us himself, the risen Jesus, 
all those who belong to this kingdom, we're going to be like Jesus. We're going to have bodies that never die. We're going to live without corruption. We're going to live without sickness. We're going to live without fear of, of judgment or guilt or shame or sin. If you think about it, this is why He created us. It's where we'll find our ultimate satisfaction and joy, life in and for the kingdom of God. When the pandemic hit in, in 2020, we thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be really bad for missions. All of a sudden, the world got a lot scarier, and we thought, who in their right mind would pursue global missions during a global pandemic? Uh, but as we began to pray and continue to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors, do you know what happened? More and more people applied to be long-term missionaries. In fact, in 2020, we had the third largest class of new missionaries that we've had in the past nine years. And so I asked our, our, our candidate director, I said, what's going on? And he said, it's not like it was in 2008. Remember what happened in 2008? He said, back then, people were just looking for a job because of the global recession. But, but today, people were sitting in their offices or, or locked down at home, and they were asking themselves this simple question. Do I want to be doing what I'm doing now for the rest of my life? Or is God calling me to something else? How about you? Have you asked that self? Have you asked yourself that question recently? Today we're presented with an alternative dream to the American dream. Maybe you're asking, so then how do we begin to live more for this kingdom vision? Well, the prerequisite to living and pursuing this kingdom vision, it's really simple. It's having a genuine relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. You see, if we don't know Jesus, if we've not been radically changed by His gospel, we have no hope for life in His kingdom. In fact, without an, an ongoing, vibrant relationship with, with the living Jesus, we'll naturally gravitate toward what the world is selling us. And so can I ask you this morning, who is Jesus to you? Is He your life? Is He your first love? Is He your all? You see, the prerequisite, prerequisite to life in the kingdom of God is having an authentic relationship with Jesus. It's not enough simply to grow up in the church. It's not enough to simply know all the right answers. There's something different about knowing about Jesus and, and knowing Jesus. Who is this Jesus? He's the one who, who sees us for who we are with all of our masks off. He sees our ugliness, our selfishness, our sin. And He still loves us. In fact, He took the punishment that we deserve, the judgment of God, the wrath of God, the anger of God on the cross on Calvary's Mount. And He was the one that God raised from the dead and made Lord over all of creation. And He invites us now to know Him. 
to love him, to serve him, and to worship him. You see, the, the more that we know Jesus, the more that we are known by Jesus, the more eager we are to align our dreams, our ambitions to his. leads to the second point. And the second point is understanding Jesus' kingdom mission. You know, Jesus' disciples did not struggle with wanting a comfortable life. No, they were, they were sold out for the kingdom. They gave up their jobs, they, they left their families, they left their friends to pursue this kingdom vision, uh, but they had a problem. What was their problem? They didn't fully grasp the scope and nature of Jesus' kingdom mission. You see, after seeing the resurrected Lord, what did they ask Him? Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Who was asking this question? Israelites. So, in essence, they were saying, Jesus, are you now going to give us back our kingdom? The assumption was that God's kingdom was primarily for them, for their nation, the chosen race. They were thinking so much about themselves that they couldn't even imagine that God's plans and purposes went beyond them. How about us? Are we so focused on ourselves, so focused on our, our people, our problems, that we forget about God's purposes for the world? What does Jesus say? He tells his disciples, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the end of... Do you see what Jesus is doing? Did you catch it? He's turning our attention away from ourselves toward His kingdom mission. And He's expanding our understanding of this kingdom by describing its scope, not only where we're at, but reaching to the ends of the earth. Why? Because God's desire is for the redemption of the nations. You know, I think it's easy for us to simply see our Christian faith as an individual thing. And yes, of course, our faith needs to be personal. But I think we only see it as personal. But God's plan is bigger than our own individual salvation. It's, his purpose is to see His glory and dominion stretch to every inch of His creation. And here in this short passage, we see how He's going to accomplish His plan. It's by you and me receiving this amazing grace that is freely offered to us in His Son, having it change us radically inside and then telling other people about Jesus, making disciples who in turn make other disciples here and across the world until the world is full of those who bow the knee to King Jesus. We live in Atlanta now. And I was driving from Atlanta to Tennessee. Anybody been in the South before? I didn't think so. Well, if you drive in the South 
and uh, along this one particular highway, there's this huge billboard. And on the billboard, um, it, it said, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, only in the American South do you see a billboard like this, right? But then as I drove closer in small print, it also said, even the Democrats. And there was this picture of a little devil's pitchfork to which I thought, oh my gosh, only in the American South do we see signs like this. But it's true, is it not? One day every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And here we see that Jesus invites us to participate in this kingdom mission. As we bear witness to our living King, who offers freely to all salvation for those who call upon His name. Do you realize, beloved, that over 40% of the global population, 3 billion people, are living in a context where there's less than 2% evangelical Christians? We call these unreached people groups. Most of the, these people are born, live their whole life, and die without ever knowing a Christian. There's this famous Canadian mission mobilizer. His name is Oswald J. Smith. And he's quoted as saying, we talk about the second coming. Half of the world hasn't heard of the first. And less than 1% of all full-time Christian workers, pastors, evangelists, missionaries, are serving these 3 billion people, these unreached, unengaged places. That's a huge imbalance. And so we need our best, our most fruitful evangelists and missionaries to go and serve in those places where there's little to no gospel witness. You know, it's not the same thing as if people from these unreached groups come here to the United States, because once they come here, guess what they have? They have you. They have access to, to pastors, to resources, to churches, to community. But those in unreached places have no access to a living gospel relationship. Maybe you, like me, are overwhelmed as you hear these statistics. Maybe you feel the weight and the gravity of the task that is set before us, and you think, impossible. Even if we were to pursue this, this global kingdom mission, the work itself, think about it, it's impossible. I mean, moving your family overseas, learning a new language, learning a new culture, and trying to share the gospel in awful, often hostile environments. Impossible, right? This leads to the last point, kingdom power. Instead of sending out his disciples immediately, what does Jesus do? He says, wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Why was this so important? Jesus knows we can't do this impossible task by our own power, by our own abilities, by our own wisdom. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit the very Spirit of Jesus. What happens when Jesus' Spirit comes upon us? Not only does the Spirit convict us of our sin, not only does the Spirit allow us to believe in these promises and remind us of who we are as the children of God, but the Spirit actually changes us. 
makes us more like Jesus. A young mother was watching her two boys uh, playing when they began fighting over a toy. And the mother turned to uh, her two um, sons and said, now boys, you need to stop fighting. You need to share. What would Jesus do? The older boy uh, turned to his younger brother and he said, okay, it's your turn to be Jesus. Give me the toy. You see, a young mother's chiding, it doesn't actually change us, does it? The Spirit of Jesus does. The Spirit of Jesus enables us to love even our enemies, to sacrifice and, and to suffer for others so that they might come to know our Savior. The Apostle Paul describes the fruit of the Spirit. When the, the Spirit comes upon us, we bear this fruit. Do you, do you know what those fruits are? Galatians chapter 5, 22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You see, when we have these spirits in us, it gives integrity to our witness, it gives power to our witness. So as we think about this impossible mission... We are reminded it's, it's, not, it's not about our abilities, it's not about our power, it's not about anything about us that accomplishes this task, but it's Jesus. Jesus comes into our lives and enables us to do this impossible work. He empowers us, He equips us, He emboldens us, He, he provides all that we need to engage in this impossible task, and beloved, that should give you freedom, that should give you courage, that should give you boldness. To risk, to dream, to pursue His calling for our lives. So what are your dreams for your life, beloved? You know, He wants more for us than simply having a comfortable life. He shows us this vision, this, this picture of the kingdom of God, and He invites us to seek the expansion of its borders kingdom of peace, a kingdom of righteousness, a kingdom of justice, a kingdom where the king is, is good and trustworthy, and a kingdom where there will be ultimately no tears and, and no suffering, no war, no sickness, no pain, no death. What are your dreams for your life? Nice house? Can you imagine the house that Jesus is preparing for us in the kingdom of God? Good family. Can you imagine what life will be like with perfect, resurrected, sinless people? A good job? What better job is there to declare to the world that our King lives with the promise of His indwelling Spirit? If there was ever a time to be involved in global missions, beloved, it's now. Our world is so broken. If you're not called to go, and I, I understand not everybody is called to go, can I challenge you to live, to give as if you were called to go, to sacrifice as much if not more than those who are serving overseas through your prayers, through your encouragement, through your sacrificial giving. You see, all of us, all who follow Jesus, all who are disciples are called to participate in His kingdom mission whether that's here 
or whether that's overseas. Let me end with this benediction that comes from India. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father be with you and disturb you and trouble you and set before you an impossible task and dare you to do it until in your desperation you fall on your knees and remain there until he fills you with his power. And then, but only then, may the Lord grant you his peace. Father, we thank you for this word that you have for us today. We thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us now. We would know that we are the children of God. We would be so taken by your love for us that we would seek nothing less than your glory, your kingdom to stretch to the ends of this world that you have made. And so empower us here now, those who you are calling by name, empower us, equip us, challenge us, Lord, to engage in this kingdom mission. Use this expression of your body to be a light in places of darkness. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.